0: It's time for Cadillac On Call on News Radio 610-KONA. It's your chance to learn valuable health information right here in our community. Now, the host of Cadillac On Call, here's Jim Hall. Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of Cadillac On Call presented by Cadillac Foundation. And for most people in earshot of this program tonight, they live in Benton or Franklin County. And relative to COVID-19, today's data... 252 new cases in those counties. 23% of the people that have been testing for COVID have been testing positive. And of the four hospitals in the Tri-Cities, to, and including Prosser, three in the Tri-Cities and with the Prosser Hospital, there are 68 people hospitalized with COVID. Most of those people are unvaccinated. I begin with that because I think that's the importance... We need to get to in this community if we're going to get past COVID 19 because we are back to where we were literally almost a year ago. As now we have this Delta variant on our hands, and we begin tonight. Uh, we're going to hear from Heather Hill momentarily with the Benton Franklin Health District, and later in our program, we're going to bring back to our program Dr. Brian York, an infectious diseases specialist at Cadillac, who has been with us throughout the pandemic, sharing his expertise in that world, uh, which includes some great insight, I think, on what this uh, Delta variant does the issues that it is presenting us as we uh, navigate our way through the summer of 2021. Let's get to Heather, first of all. And Heather, I mentioned those case rates uh, just exploding. Uh, And, and, you know, and I I think we get kind of tired of sharing these numbers, but I guess suffice it to say, we're in a very serious situation, aren't we?
1: Absolutely, Jim. This is a unfortunately a very, very serious situation for Benton, Franklin, and, and Walla Walla County, some of our surrounding counties who are also seeing um, the case rates explode. And when we look at the data, I, I think what's telling is the fact that the majority of our, our, our positives are in that 20 to 29-year-old age group, and then second in line is the 30 to 39 age group and they have literally exploded over the last few weeks. And that that has us concerned because there's been a thought that, well, I'm young, I'm healthy, so what if I catch it? But we are seeing that they are ending up in the hospital. We're seeing hospitalized people that are very, very young, and the outcomes are not necessarily very good. People can get extremely sick, and die even in in their young adult years. So this is certainly a very serious situation for our community. And the delta variant, as I'm sure Dr. York will go on to talk a little bit more about, but that seems to be what is really driving the current situation. It is um, much more transmissible. It doesn't it, it just travels through the community at a much higher, higher rate along with the low vaccination rates in our community in general, and in particularly that young adult population. So, yeah, very concerning.
0: And we have touched in the past couple of weeks, tried various ways to get the perspective on not only the current state of the virus, but the efficacy and the safety of the vaccinations And, you know, it seems like uh, in the past week or so, you know, we've talked to patients who who were not wanting to get the vaccine, who got COVID and decided, you know, I was was wrong and changed their mind and good for them. But we also still, it seems like, uh, have people no matter what, uh, even if they're eligible and qualified to get it, they just refuse to. But most recently, I know here in the last week or two in the healthcare setting, I touched on 68 hospitalized patients in these four hospitals, most of them unvaccinated. And I know at Cadillac where I work, there are patients that have to be sent out for non-COVID uh, serious illness that they can't take care of because there's no space for them.
1: And this has been our fear all along with this pandemic or any other time we're talking about a, a potential pandemic, such as with the flu or or any other disease that is circulating at such high rates and causes such illness, is um, it overwhelms our healthcare systems. And we may look at the numbers in our community and say, well, they're young adults, things aren't going to get that bad. But then when we look at how it affects our, our healthcare systems and overwhelms them. It's not just a space situation. Are there enough beds in the hospitals to take care of them? You're also dealing with staff that have been at this for over 18 months in the hospitals and they're getting tired, they're getting burned out. Um, not only are they dealing with this in their personal lives as well, but then they're spending their shift at the hospital working very, very hard to try to help these severely ill people get through this. So it, it, I think it's really time for us as a community and, and as an individual to look personally at our responsibility, not only to our family but to the businesses in our community. We've talked a lot about this. And once again, we're seeing the devastating effects of, no, I'm just not going to take the vaccine because I don't. You, we have choice. We certainly do have choice, but it you need to realize what you're doing in the community is affecting all of us, and especially with what's happening in those acute care hospitals as they're being really stressed to the limits.
0: And is the, the, the concern with this, this Delta variant, uh, there's so many different angles we can go on this, but what makes it so challenging and difficult is that it is very contagious and Again, if you're asymptomatic, you may be carrying it, but don't realize it.
1: That's true. we're We're still learning a lot about this variant. We also know that there are certainly people who are vaccinated that, that do catch this, and certainly the delta variant. And that's why the recommendations have come out that even if you're vaccinated and you're in a group setting inside a building in particularly, it's really time to get those masks back on because even vaccinated people can certainly carry this and, and pass it on to others. But the good news is for the vaccinated person, we are, are literally not seeing people die from COVID if they've been vaccinated. And the number of hospitalizations for COVID and the vaccinated person are extremely low what we know is most people who are vaccinated that get this, it does turn out to be a somewhat mild disease. And some of the people we've talked to have said, I was vaccinated, I got COVID, I still felt rotten, and I'm sure glad I had my vaccine on board because I can only imagine how much worse I would have felt if I hadn't had that vaccine on board.
0: And so is that where where we are now? Um, you know, it's beyond the issue of, oh, gosh, it, Early on, when vaccine was available, it was prioritized based on limited availability. Now, I'm guessing there is plenty of vaccine available. So we're at the point now, people, it just has to make that decision and they have yet to do so.
1: Right. And our vaccine rates have kind of become stagnant. We're only seeing about 300 to 400 people a day getting vaccinated in our community and that that's concerning to us because it's stayed at that level for quite a while now. So even this this surge of disease doesn't seem to be prompting people to go ahead and get vaccinated. And you know, it, it it's delta virus this time, but we or the delta variant this time, next variant, we don't know what to expect. What we do know is it will mutate again and we may have more problems ahead if we if we don't get our our community vaccinated.
0: And give us a quick contrast of I recall when we were running the Fairground site. It was over a thousand a day. I know at Cadillac when we were doing some of the larger clinics we were doing seven eight hundred a day. So you're saying three hundred a day community wide, right?
1: Right, that's community wide and and that's concerning because it's stagnant at that level for quite some time now, so we really hope to see a, a uptake in in the vaccine.
0: Heather Hill with the Benton Franklin Health District. She's kind enough to stay with us for another segment. We're going to talk about how this impacts children and certainly with school coming up, some maybe advanced types of things you can get done, whether it's COVID or otherwise, to make sure your kids are ready to go to school with their other vaccines. And we'll do that right after this. Welcome back to the program. We're visiting with Heather Hill with the Benton Franklin Health District. And Heather, I want to pick up our conversation, talking a little bit about, I know everyone wants to forget COVID and uh, continue to enjoy the things that we have effectively uh, since July 1st, a little more freely, but given where we are with the increased rates and are, are we at the point without, you know, not trying to get to mandating, but at least take some own... Uh, onus on ourselves to maybe practice social distancing when we're indoors, uh, wear masks when we're indoors around larger uh, people, because we just don't know who may be exposed.
1: And and that's exactly where we're at right now with the current uh, rate in our community. And the recommendation is when you are in a group of people inside a building, inside a room, that it is really prudent. It's, it's recommended that you wear a mask whether you're vaccinated or not because we know, especially with Delta variant, it can spread very quickly in those indoor environments.
0: And that said, I know obviously the boat races were just held. There's been some concerts outdoor, thankfully. And you know, the, the football season's coming up. I know Washington State, the University of Washington, the Seahawks, the Mariners are playing right now when they're at home and they're in playing in full houses and allowing to. I, I hope we don't have to Uh, go the other way with this, but certainly with these large gatherings, uh, even if they are outdoors, perhaps maybe we should consider wearing a mask if we're going to go to those events?
1: You know, there's some logic to that, especially when you are crowded together. Even if you are in an outdoor setting, if you're shoulder to shoulder and you're gathered very close together, having conversations, having a good time, laughing, talking, you're going to spew organisms, and it is going to get into other people's bodies that way. So this is just that time, unfortunately, that we need to rethink and revisit a lot of those mitigation strategies that we've talked about for the last 18 months.
0: And we are less than a month, actually. Amazing to think that, uh, until the start of another school year, and and hopefully uh, we can continue to be fully in person but I know I know the state is recommending or this, the office of the public Instruction superintendent is, uh, is doing urging mandates on masking um, for students and, and staff when school resumes. Uh, certainly uh, there's other issues I know you wanted to address too uh, for parents that they need to keep in mind before school starts as well, right?
1: Right. This is actually uh, National Immunization Month, which is August every year, and it's a time to think about what kind of vaccinations does your child need before they enter school later this month. And this year, we're really hoping that our care providers and our families will have that conversation about adding a COVID vaccine to their child's um, list of vaccines to be given. We, we know that schools are going to open in, and you're right, a little less than a month. And um, our Secretary of Health, Dr. Shaw, has uh, made it law, has done a public health order that all people in schools, vaccinated or not, will be wearing masks to help protect that uh, environment. You know, in the school setting, you're dealing with a lot of people potentially in close contact. You're, you're with kids who are not of age to get vaccinated. And so we need to do whatever we can to cocoon those kids from catching these illnesses. That's, that's how vaccinations work, whether it be COVID or measles or, you know, pertussis. We want to get as many people vaccinated So that those kids who maybe are too young to get vaccinated or those people who vaccination didn't quite boost their immunity enough, they're surrounded by vaccinated people. The same thing holds true with COVID. We need to do whatever we can to protect those kids. And, you know, we hear a lot, it doesn't affect kids. Kids don't get really sick from it. We haven't had a lot of experience with sick kids and COVID. And we are hearing um some stories out of the southern states where they're having statewide surges of covid not just local like we are in Washington state but statewide and hearing from the pediatric intensive care units that unfortunately they do have kids with covid on ventilators so it it can be devastating and life threatening to children and we don't want to see that happen here and the way to really avoid that is to, you know, really take seriously those face-covering mandates. Kids do very well with them. We watched last school year, and the, the kids do a lot better than the adults do. They find it to be normal. Everybody's wearing masks. And there are certainly situations that can be dealt with when it is difficult for a child to wear a mask. There are reasons, and those can be taken into consideration case by case. But in general, we saw that masks really helped. They helped prevent the spread of illness. There are a lot of very good peer-reviewed studies, studies that have been done very well on the Center for Disease Control website. And I would encourage people to read those because it really does show that masking does work in, in, in many different environments. So as you're heading into the school time, make sure you look at your kid's immunization record, get your appointments scheduled early because physicians will start running out of appointment slots the closer we get to the end of August. And because we are so extremely busy at the health district with COVID response, we will not be opening our M's clinic once again this year for back to school. So you'll need to go to your primary care providers, your pharmacies, but plan that now so you're not pushed at the end of the month and can't find a place to get your child immunized.
0: I was just going to ask, we had just a couple of minutes left, and you touched on the fact that you normally with your your team and the health district team uh, do these these vaccination appointments uh, historically, but covid uh, wipes that out so to speak what is is that the big what are the big calls what what are what are the big issues that people are calling to you about of concern all these things we have just talked about, or are there other things?
1: you know many of it is what we've talked about, but Honestly, we're, we're getting a fair number of people calling in concerned with why, why is the community not getting vaccinated? Is there anything we can do? Because they're starting to feel at risk even though they've been vaccinated. They're worried about the non-vaccinated people and how that is going to affect the health and well-being of our community. You know, there are also concerns about the contact tracers. And because we've had such an increase in in case rate, our contact tracers are very busy. And it's important for our community to understand that when you get a call from a contact tracer, it's really confidential and it's meant to help you and assure that you are going to be able to get the services and the care you need because you're gonna be home on isolation. It is also so important to be able to get a hold of those people who might have been at the same place you were, might have been in contact with you in a confidential way to assure that they can get testing as well. Because if somebody gets exposed and is never given the opportunity to stay home and and stay in quarantine, that is how this virus gets out of control, and especially with Delta
3: variant.
0: We have just a minute or two left, Heather, and, and I know uh, throughout the past 18 months we've covered this every way possible whether it's the the virus itself or the vaccines but I know you've always said these variants were going to happen and is this one just this delta has really come just like none other?
1: It really has. um, You never know with a virus what it's going to do other than we know it's going to change. Viruses do that and not knowing really the future of what COVID is going to be like even a year from now, we could end up with another variant that is not as problematic, or we could end up with a variant that is even more problematic. We've said time and time again, COVID isn't done with us until it is done with us, and that's not in the near future. It doesn't appear.
0: Before we let you go, we haven't really touched on it a lot, but the issue of testing, what's your advice for people, given that we've seen this increased um, uh, caseload here in our region, what's your advice on people of when they should get tested?
1: Uh, Get tested if you feel you've been exposed, if you think you might have symptoms, if there's any suspicion that you've been around somebody with COVID or in an environment with COVID, get tested. That information is so important for you to know how to conduct your life for the next few days. If you end up COVID positive, then you know you need to stay home and you need to protect your family. And there are certain things that we can help you do to protect your family while you're going through COVID. Our test site out at CBC West is continuing to be open um, Friday through Tuesday, but it's it's very busy. They're seeing between five and 600 people a day so if you're going to
0: test, get there early. Heather Hill with the Benton Franklin Health District. Thanks again so much for your time tonight. We'll be back with the second half of Cadillac on Call right after this. Welcome back to our program. We're pleased to be joined now by Dr. Brian York, who is an infectious diseases specialist at Cadillac, and he has been a frequent guest of this program and so knowledgeable, especially on the topics we want to get his uh, advice and expertise on tonight. And Dr. York, first of all, just a simple question. What is your central level of concern uh, from your specialty as an infectious disease practitioner?
3: Well, we're... um obviously coming into another wave of COVID, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more later about the Delta variant and and why that's causing so much trouble. Uh, But if you look back to uh, just two or three months ago, we had really seen um, the case numbers coming down, and we'd seen hospitalizations coming down. The number of patients in the hospital kind of reached low points, kind of the lowest point that they had been at since the beginning of the pandemic. And You know, clearly a result of vaccination and people just being careful and doing all the right things to prevent illness. Um, And we've just seen a resurgence to where now we're back to the the level of cases and the level of hospitalizations uh, that we were seeing last winter, uh, despite the fact that we've had um, the vaccine out there for a long time. And, uh, you know, we'll talk more about the vaccinations later on, uh, because I think, you know, that that really is our key uh, way to get this under control is through vaccination. But right now, we're we're seeing a lot of patients in the hospital, younger patients, uh, patients who wouldn't have considered themselves to be high risk based on what we knew about this, this disease just two or three months ago. Uh, so that's been very concerning to see.
0: And I know uh, not only here in the Tri Cities area, but all across the country, the vast majority of these people, not only the new cases, but those that require hospitalization, are among the unvaccinated.
3: That's right. Um, You can see a a pretty clear trend of uh, cases being. Uh, dramatically different, uh, particularly if you look at severe cases where people require hospitalization. There, there's no question that there's a relationship between the level of vaccination in the community and uh, how much um, bed occupancy is being taken up by COVID in those communities. So that's that's a trend that is playing out all across the country.
0: And here in our community, you know, we continue to have these lagging vaccination rates. Maybe we should touch on that right now of, of what, what, what needs to be done for people or I guess what is your advice in, in, with your expertise for somebody who is, you know, they, they need to be convincing still uh, of the benefits of getting vaccinated?
3: Well, I, I think I, I believe in vaccines. Uh, we're definitely seeing that they are effective. You know the the proof is in what we are seeing uh, in the hospital as a result of of who has been vaccinated and who has not. Uh, nationwide we've we've got about eighty percent of people over the age of sixty five uh, vaccinated, and uh, the people over the age of eighty, that number is close to ninety percent and And that is the group of people who were at the highest risk of severe COVID and death, Uh, if you look at the the risk of death in people over the age of 80, um, it's about one in three. Uh, 29% of confirmed COVID cases in people over 80 uh, died of the disease. And we've really seen that fall off because that group of people is very highly vaccinated. What we're seeing now in the hospital is these kind of in-between age ranges of, of folks who early on did not appear to be the highest risk group, Uh, but because the the Delta variant is spreading so widely throughout the community, a lot of people are getting it all at the same time. And a lot of the people in this age range between 35 and 65 years of age uh, who may have felt that that getting vaccinated wasn't a high priority for them because they didn't think they were at very much risk. That's actually the largest number of people we have in the hospital now, about 50 to 60% of our patients in the hospital with COVID, are between the ages of 35 and 64, uh, and only about a quarter are over the age of 65. And that's absolutely the effect of vaccination. I, I shudder to think what it would be like if we did not have the vaccine out there for people over age 65, because um, we, we probably would be completely overwhelmed with the numbers. But instead, we're seeing uh, these middle-aged, uh, middle-age range, younger, healthier people who felt they were uh, safe enough without the vaccine, unfortunately finding out that uh, some some folks in their, their group can get sick too.
0: And and I know we have tried uh, to cover all different components of, of the COVID vaccination, the whole pandemic, and try and get people as much information as we could in as credible a fashion as we could. And I know the point you were just making about the people uh, – I know we've had on this program folks that w- were reluctant to get the vaccine but then came down with COVID and totally changed their mind. Have you encountered, and I don't want to put you on the spot, obviously it was specific uh, by naming people, but I'm guessing uh, in your encounters with hospitalized patients recently, have you encountered anybody in this fashion where they've changed their tune?
3: Well, I am I, um, familiar with the, the story that was told on the this show a couple of weeks ago uh, mrs. Johnson I really appreciate her coming on and telling their story because I think that was just very poignant and a, a message that a lot of people needed to hear um, our hospitalists and internists are are asking everybody about vaccination when they come into the hospital uh, whether or not they have covid and most of the patients that we're seeing, have not been vaccinated, and and they the hospitalists have shared with me that most people who are in the hospital with COVID, you know, wish that they had been vaccinated. But the the main reason they didn't was because they truly did not think that they were going to get very sick if they got COVID, and uh, we're just seeing that that's that's not an assumption. That's a good idea to make. I think uh, the the vaccines at this point, have been given to 160, uh, as of two weeks ago, it almost up to 160 million Americans fully vaccinated, and at least 190 million Americans have received at least one dose. And, you know, the, the media has reported on some rare complications that have occurred. You will find rare complications in any medical intervention that we use, um, but the, the risk of having one of those rare complications, whether it's thrombotic disease uh, you know, blood clots uh, or um, you know severe reactions, uh, anaphylactic reactions, is far lower um, for people. You know, certainly for adults, than um, the risk of getting COVID and potentially ending up in the hospital.
0: So, is that your message to someone who is still nervous? I mean, I, I think I've people that I've talked to that they've cited the fact that it's still in this emergency use authorization mode, but to the point you just made. You know, there there's been quite a quite a uh, quite a bit of data available now.
3: Yeah. Well, and you know, I received the vaccines within the first week of or two of them being available. Uh, as a healthcare worker, we had it rolled out early on, um, and so you know, I, I think most of us who are getting it that early, especially because the media was reporting about anaphylactic reactions in healthcare workers in the UK when they rolled it out, you know, there was a lot of concern and worry. Uh, And and I'm not going to pretend that that didn't cross my mind, you know, all of the what ifs. But I I also knew that um, I needed to protect myself and my family and my patients. And I believe in vaccines. And, you know, I would still believe in vaccines, even if I was one of those rare people that had a reaction, you know, because I understand that those kinds of things, sometimes if you're the unlucky one out of 20,000 people who has a problem, uh, that's unfortunate, but it doesn't mean that the other 19,999 people did not receive a benefit. And, and I, so I understand that perspective, but I, I'm not going to pretend I wasn't nervous about it. Now, you know, six months into, you know, the rollout where we're seeing this vaccine used uh, in, in the general population, we have a lot more experience to be able to say that, you know, anaphylactic reactions are extremely rare, the blood clotting issues are extremely rare, and I should point out that blood clotting issues are a part of COVID. We've we've had so many patients come to the hospital with COVID who may not have ended up with the severe respiratory illness that most people think of as a reason for hospitalization, but they end up with blood clots. And, and some of these are profound issues. Young, healthy people who end up with blood clots requiring removal of part of the intestine or blood clots causing strokes, you know, There's a lot of that happening as a result of COVID, the way it causes inflammation in the blood vessels, and it's actually a lot less likely to happen with the vaccine than it is to happen with COVID itself. So even when you look at those specific problems, the vaccine is safer than the actual virus.
0: We're visiting with Dr. Brian York, an infectious diseases specialist with Cadillac, and we have a few more minutes uh, with him, thankfully, to talk about a little more in detail this variant and, again, the strain that this has put on the healthcare community and, and what we can all do to do our part to help ease that burden. We'll be back with our remaining minutes of Cadillac On Call right after this. We're visiting with Dr. Brian York, an infectious diseases specialist with Cadlick, and continuing the conversation with his incredible insight on uh, the virus that is COVID-19 and where we are with this variant. Dr. York, uh, I know you do a lot of review and a lot of reading, uh, not only on our issues here in our region and around the state, but across the country and the world as well. What is this variant? Why is it uh, causing so much trouble?
3: So... I'll talk mainly about the Delta variant uh, because i that's what we are seeing right now. Uh, the, the state just released its weekly report today uh, that basically gives us a snapshot of what variants are circulating. And um, a month ago, the Delta variant was about 13 uh, percent, or I should say six weeks ago. The data lagged about two weeks behind. So six weeks ago, Delta variant was about 13 percent and the alpha was about 50 percent. And now, you know, four weeks later, the data from two weeks ago is showing that the Delta variant is now 85 percent of what's circulating and the alpha is down to about 7 percent and then very small numbers of a few other variants. So really, over the past, um, over that month period of time for which we have data, we've seen the Delta variant essentially take over. Um, We saw a very similar time course uh, when when the Delta variant first emerged in India. It kind of lingered for a little while. And then uh, in The the early part of March, it essentially became all of what was circulating there. Uh, It appeared in the U.K. uh, in March, and in the early part of April became essentially 100 percent of what was circulating there. And we first saw a Delta variant in Washington state on April 3rd. And, you know, by the end of May, it was about 13 percent. And now we've really seen that spike happen where it's taking off. And it's taking off because we're seeing it essentially spread Uh, very easily through our population. Um, It spreads much more easily. We know that people who are infected with the Delta variant have much higher levels of virus in their oral secretions and nasal passages, which means there's a lot more virus for them to share and spread when they cough and sneeze. Um, We know that with this variant, the people who have been vaccinated uh, also have high levels of DNA uh, in their uh, upper airways, uh, similar levels to what you find in unvaccinated people. I, I'm still looking for someone to study to show whether that's all live virus that's transmissible or if it's just fragments of DNA. Uh, earlier studies with the original virus showed that even though you were still detecting virus after people had been sick for a couple of weeks, it essentially showed that the live virus was gone within 10 days, and that's what we've based our quarantine periods on. I haven't yet seen a study looking at whether the high viral loads we detect by DNA assays is uh, actually representing live virus in the vaccinated folks or not, but I'm, I'm sure that's being worked on and we should have data on that soon. But right now we have to assume that those numbers indicate that people who are vaccinated could still be spreading. Although the risk of getting severe illness would primarily be in people who've not been vaccinated. So still, even though we know that vaccinated people may still carry the virus, they can, they're very well protected from having severe disease and being hospitalized Um, and having complications from COVID. So the best thing to do is to get vaccinated.
0: And if you are vaccinated, and, you know, we're in this area of the state of Washington, while the state has fairly, fairly solid uh, vaccination numbers, our particular part of the region is lagging. So for those of us from that are vaccinated, are we are we still at risk of picking up this, you know, I guess they call them breakthrough cases, but with this Delta so prevalent and you say so contagious, is that, mm-hmm. is that a, a level of concern that the vaccinated should have?
3: If you're vaccinated, you can still pick up the virus and you, you may be able to transmit it to other people. Um, but you're very unlikely to have severe symptoms. Most people who are vaccinated, if they develop any symptoms at all, have mild cold symptoms. Um, but that we want to be careful that we're not spreading it to people who remain at risk, particularly people who are immunocompromised or who cannot be vaccinated for for some reason. And, and that's a small percentage of people. I think most people uh, are able to be vaccinated, but right now we're still, you know, hesitant and choosing not to. And, you know, we're trying to get the message out that, it, you know, I, I think at this point, it's very clear that, that people are either going to be vaccinated or they're going to contract covid and and hopefully recover on their own but if they contract covid even in younger healthier folks with the delta variant we are seeing that many end up in the hospital needing care and it it is putting a strain uh, on our resources
0: so we have just a minute or so left and and i know uh The healthcare workers that you see every day and have been uh, shoulder to shoulder with uh, the past 18 months—it's—it's been a grind, uh, needless to say. And the people are getting, uh, I'm sure, frustrated. Probably, and there's a few other words that I'm sure we probably can't repeat that they're tired of as well. But, but what's your message as we? sit here we are we're a month out of school getting ready to start and people want to be outside do we should we be wearing masks and i hate to bring that up but i mean these mitigation standards have worked until we get past this variant should we be continuing to be vigilant
3: i i think we should be vigilant i think people uh need to be careful to just try to stay spread apart when outside and when inside we should be wearing masks um and i really think uh i have to take a moment to just um thank the the healthcare workers i know our staff at cadillac are very tired this this has been a very long period of time it's been very stressful um our hospitalists are providing excellent care Our icu uh, physicians are providing excellent care and they're supported by amazing nurses but they're all human this you know it's, it's it's hard to keep going sometimes uh, when, the end, when you don't see an end in sight. Uh, and now uh, there is definitely a sense that, um, you know, all of this could be prevented if we could increase the, the rate of vaccination in our community. And that's really what we want to see happen. We don't want to be in a position where we're running out of medications and, and needing to choose who gets medications and, and doesn't get medications. And that is happening uh, all across the country. Some of these medications that we use that are helpful are in very short supply so there are times where the pharmacy gets a shipment of medication but in that shipment there are fewer doses than they have orders for and we have to find a way to prioritize who gets those meds and that's not something that that i ever thought i would see happen uh and and that has become a reality here in our community um so i can't stress enough that that people should be vaccinated
0: well dr brian york catholic Infectious Diseases Specialist, thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to share your insight with our listeners tonight. And again, that's the bottom line message, ladies and gentlemen, that we have to, if you have not been vaccinated and you are eligible to do so, I would highly encourage you to uh, get vaccinated. If you still have questions, contact someone you trust, your healthcare provider, someone in your family, whatever the case, if you are eligible, I would highly encourage you to get vaccinated because... Uh, We are not going to get past it until we get more detail in this. At any rate, thanks for listening tonight to our program. We'll be back with another edition of Catholic on Call next week.